Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Woodwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in Phoenix, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission, Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Angela Marie Horner of Lotus Raven Massage and Facebook, bringing us today's topic of rune divination. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection. Using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work, as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. First, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. Uh, it's nice to be here. I heard before the show that you had a busy week, Clifford. And I'm uh, glad to hear the news of your progress in the world of symbology and occultism and whatever you choose to call it. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what what's been going on with you? Because I know you're um, not as you know you're not a member of Air, and people go, "How do I get in touch with Cliff Lowe?" And I want them to know that you're available to do readings and who you are. So. How about you give a little bit of an intro on yourself right now? Sure. Um, I, I um, uh, can be reached uh, at sorcery at gmail.com or on Facebook or at clifflow.com. Um, I uh, study many different systems of magic and tend to integrate them. Um, I'm a, a root worker first and foremost, but I'm probably better known as being a specialist in astrological magic from the Middle Ages. And sometimes I combine astrological timing with root work. And that's what actually I should have been doing earlier on tonight for a client, but I'll do it later. Um, <laughs> but uh, in any case, um, that's a little bit about me, and I'd rather uh, move things along. And so, so how do, and people, yeah, and people can find you if they're interested in either astrological readings, and also you do root work, and also, as I understand it, you, you do, because you do medieval astrology, you will also do things that are common to medieval astrology, like elections and talismanic magic. Is that correct? That's true. Um, I specialize in um, uh, business writing elections and travel elections, in addition to magical elections, which are the timing for the creations of, of magical objects like talismans, but also the timing of candle rituals and, and other uh, magical endeavors like rituals. That's that's wonderful. Um, the reason I mention this is that um, a lot of people want to learn about when to do a spell correctly, and there are many many ways. Folk 
loric mm-hmm. ways and there are astrological ways to do that timing. And uh, elections, meaning electing the time, choosing the time that you're going to do a spell is real important. And there aren't that many astrologers who do elections, but I think one mm-hmm. of them may be here with us also, and I'm one too. So, anyway, um, my my week has been very, very, very hammeredly busy. I'm doing, I'm just running from project to project to project and doing so much stuff, much of which will be first seen by my patrons because I have a Patreon stream and I charge folks $2 a week to see my new web pages, and I'm just rustling them out. I mean, it's really become a um, a race to the finish every week. And those will be available to the public one year later. But if you want them now, spend $2 a week, become my patron, and I will be very glad to have your patronage because it helps me uh, uh, subsidize writing and illustrating stuff. You know, it's fun to do it for free. It's fun to blog. But honestly, as a way of life, you do need to earn a few bucks. And the patrons who support me are always in my thoughts. I love you all. You've done so much for me and made things so much better in my life. So that's what I've been doing. I'm been, I'm working right now on a, a page that I hope to have done by midnight because it's due today, and I go up to midnight before I call the day over, um, on crystal ball crystal balls and crystal gazing. And I've been working at the Lucky Mojo Forum as well, doing stuff behind the scenes with my good friend, Reverend Ernest. So that's been my week. How about you, Conjurman? What have you been up to? Well, things have been busy and good, doing some client work, catching up on emails, as is my (laughs) ongoing life experience. No one ever told me life was going to be 90% emails, but (laughs) (laughs) this is the the life we live in 2021. We're always catching up on emails. So doing lots of email catch-up. I'm actually running, now that you mentioned Lucky Mojo, I'm actually running low on some stores, so I should probably put in an order tonight. Uh, that way, mm-hmm. I have to give myself some wiggle room. Uh, the worst experience is when you run out of something entirely. You're like, oh crap, not right. Then you've got to wait. But if you're smart like you, me, you notice that your stores are running low, but not out yet. That way, you mm-hmm. give yourself plenty of time to order and, and get the new stores in. I'm going to be ordering some stuff from Lucky Mojo today. But otherwise, I've been doing quite well. Busy doing some client work, mostly uh, continuing to sort of. I love the theme that started in the summer, lots of sort of reconciliation work, lots of work around uniting people again, um, and questions about communication. I've had lots of readings around, is this person going to call me back again? Is this, am I ever going to hear from this person again? So communication breakdown seems to have been the trend of the past few weeks, uh, and I've been doing lots of readings in regards to that, and mostly positive. Interestingly enough, like, yeah, all right, you probably will hear from this person again. That's neat. Well, um, I I have been finding, because I work at Hoodoo Psycare, mm-hmm. I've been finding a trend among my clients for um, trying to reposition their careers and reposition mm-hmm. their love lights as COVID is finally not, you know, staring them in the headlights. <laughs> it's now kind of like, can we live with COVID? Can I be safe? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of receded, and people are trying to figure out how to 
get back on track the things that they put aside for the last couple of years, but particularly careers. I've been finding a lot of questions from clients about careers in this last week. Mm. And um, Mm. I think I mentioned last week I've expanded my Hoodoo Psychics reading times from just Saturday afternoon to Friday afternoon and evening and Saturday Mm -hmm. afternoon and evening. So I'm doing a lot more reading on Hoodoo Psychics. It is a bit more costly than pre-scheduling a reading with me at the AIR website. I'm doing both, so I'm available both places. But if you need me in a hurry, you can always get me at Hoodoo Psychics on Friday and Saturday. Well, today we have um, a wonderful guest, and she's brought us a great topic. And this is the Oracle Hour, so we're going to be doing readings for a couple of clients, and we're going to be talking about a system of divination. Once a month we do this. So um, this week um, we're having Angela with us. So first we're going to introduce Angela, and then we're going to get on to the topic. Now, Angela really doesn't need an introduction because many people know her, Angela Marie Horner, and she has... Uh, been um, has taught at the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals. Her stuff is in the red folder, which is a fest drift of the workshops that have been held at the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, and she's a member of AIR. So welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, Can you hear so me? <laughs> Not so shy. So tell us what you've been up to lately. What kind of work have you been doing, root work, divination? How has your world been? Uh, my world has been quiet. Um, I, stepped, I stepped away from doing root work and divination because I needed to take care of my grandmother full time because uh, my mom had left town. And um, so things have been quiet. I've just recently started doing work again and uh, taking readings and all that because my grandmother would have a cow if she caught me doing it in her house and did. And then Mm. because she's senile, two minutes later she asked me if we could go down to the corner store and get a mojo so she could get herself a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) She is from Vicksburg, Mississippi, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would be on the corner store for her back in her day. Um, That's right. Recently the only thing I've been doing is cleansing, um, kind of a doozy a little bit ago, just finished it, you know, on Day of the Dead. So uh, going through the going through the cleaning of my house now, because mm-hmm. uh, even though I put up my protections and everything, that one still had kind of a backsplash to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's pretty much all cleaned up now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I haven't been doing a lot, you know, because I – need to help take care of her, and it's a good thing. I mean, she's 96, and her grandmother lived to be 107, so they're thinking she may do that too. Wow. Well, you're doing good work even if it's just in the family, and that's, you know, that's God's work also, you know. So. Mm. Yeah, I know that, that there are people who would love to be having you for root work, and people have asked me if you're available, and I've had to say, well, you have to ask her if she's available or not. And, yeah, um, I am available you know, now. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so you're back. You're um, back full time now or part time? I am part time still. Okay. Um, all right. Because I'm still helping my grandmother out. 
So mm-hmm. I'm helping her three days a week. So the rest of the week I'm available for it. So Oh, good. And I put All my right. readings down to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then just turning on Hoodoo Psychics every time I get a chance. Okay. All righty. So catch her on Hoodoo Psychics when she's on, and otherwise Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm glad to know that because there have been people asking me about you, and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Well, taking care of family does come first. We know that. All right. Well, um, this is the Oracle Hour, so let's bring uh, Conjurman in here. Conjurman, tell us about what this subject is, runes, and um, we're going to talk about them, and we're going to bring Angela in on to lead the discussion. But how about you set the stage? Sure, happy to do so. So the Oracle Hour is uh, one episode every month, the first Sunday of the of the month. We're dedicated specifically to exploring the wide world of divination, oracles, fortune telling, soothsaying, and we we've covered a variety of other cool topics. We've talked about dream divination. We've talked about astrology. We've talked about uh, candle divination. We've talked about it all. And this month, uh, Angela has proposed the topic of ruins. So this is a really interesting and cool opportunity to dive into a very popular form of practice amongst the neo-pagan community, but one that may not always be familiar to those who practice hoodoo. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ruins. They are an interesting and fascinating topic. I uh, got my first ruin set when I was 13. A friend of mine gave me uh, a set of ruins made out of clay with a handbook on how to read them. And I was obsessed. I, was, I loved them, and I read them probably up until 18 or so. I don't read the ruins anymore. They're not a common divinatory practice for me, but I'm quite familiar with their history. And I used them in my teen years, in my teen years of exploration. Um, and they are fascinating because they are an old form of magical script. And traditionally, they're found mostly in a charm making. So we find the ruins around late antiquity, 1st to 2nd century uh, BCE, onwards down to the 11th century CE, we find them on a variety of different inscriptions, generally with some form of blessing on rings, on stones, on various weapons of sorts. So they seem to be a magical alphabet of some sort, and they overlap with some of the folk practices that we find in the North, North Icelandic, Norwegian, Swedish, kind of Northern European world, so the Galdrabrak, Trolldom, etc., we don't have a lot of evidence of them being used actually as a divination in this medieval period. The kind of few references we have are to painted chips that are thrown like dice. So some type of lot work. But what ends up happening is in the modern era, that older reference to chips, painted chips, generally painted with blood, I should note, that painted chips is fused with the resurgence of interest in ruins, mostly as a result of uh, Edric Dorson and his writings and whatnot. And unfortunately, Edward Thorson ended up being a sort of wackaloon white supremacist dude. But he, he was part of this astro neo-pagan community that revived a very serious interest in the ruins and then become very popular in the 20th century. And a lot of people I know who are either in the New Age or neo-pagan community has at one point or another dabbled in the ruins, either by casting them for divination uh, or using them in some form of inscription. 
And it is interesting to see how people engage with them. Some people use the ruins as a sort of sortilege. You reach into the bag, toss the ruins, and you would read both the symbology as well as where the ruins fell upon. So not unlike bone uh, readings and bone divination that we see. Other people are more interested in using things like spreads. So I've seen people pull three ruins, past, present, and future. I've even seen people use the ruins on the tarot's Celtic cross. So using that particular mm-hmm. spread in order to interpret and divine. And I'm really interested in seeing how Angela uses them because there is a real personalized quality to the ruins. Not everyone engages with the ruins in the exact same way. So they may draw from the older runic interpretations, the Rezaz representing Mjolnir of Thor, right, and whatnot, but they may have their own way of actually reading it. Some people prefer clay chips, some people prefer wood, some people make their own ruins, some people use spreads. So there's a real personalized quality to the use of ruins, and I'm interested in seeing what Angela does when it comes to ruins. Wow. Well, um, I'm going to say that my introduction to runes uh, occurred long before Mr. Nazi Wannabe appeared on the scene. Um, I found them first in in Austin, Texas. I don't even want to mention his name. Uh, Mm. I found them first in Austin, Texas. And um, there was a a guy named Ralph Blum who designed this system of rune reading that was based on in part on his knowledge of the I Ching, which was kind of interesting, mathematically mm-hmm. speaking, there was some, you know, it, it worked. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But people began selling runes um, in little bags. And I was in Austin, Texas, yeah. in a, what was, in, you know, a head shop, a hippie head shop. And there was this little bags on the counter, and it said, you know, pick your rune. And I, I, I did it, and I, there was a little booklet. That went with it, and I went, well, this is really cool. And they were wooden, mm-hmm. little wooden discs, and they were... Um, you know, burned, you know, like by pyrography into the wood. And so that was my very first rune set, and I was his book mightily was my impressed. What? His book, yeah, his... The Book of Ruins, Blooms, was my first book. My first yeah, Blooms was your first book. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned clay tiles. I figured that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, well, I had a little booklet you know, done by some hippie and the little wooden discs done by some hippie. I immediately <laughs> after that found Bloom's book because I mentioned, look what I found. And everyone's like, oh, no, you need this book. And I saw that it had been Blooms, derivative yeah. of, yeah. His, of his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really I really liked them because they are unabashedly referential to agricultural and seasonal yeah. um, events. And so unlike other forms of divination, which are, people-centered, they have a lot about nature in them. And that was really important right, right. to me, the, na- the right. nature. Like, now, let's like bring Angela... being the Auroch. Yeah, yeah. So let's bring Angela into this. How did you first get into the runes, Angela? Um, I was looking for something other than the Catholicism that was being shoved down my throat. I was 17 years old, and I walked into a store... In Texas, I don't remember which city it was in. I lived in Fort Worth, but I think it was like in Dallas or Denton or something mm-hmm. like that. It was it was called uh, Years Years to Your Health or something like that. Um, it was an old. Mm. It, it had a big old oak tree as a part of the um, thing, and I found the book called the Norris Magic Book. Hmm. And I don't remember who it's by. I have the book still to this day. 
and um, I had it out for the for the radio show, and I don't know where I put it. Oh, there it is. I found it. <laughs> By DJ Conway. Mm. And uh, it did not come with a rune set, and they were, you know, it said to make it in the color of life and, and all this, that, and the other. So I grabbed red clay, which the color of life is water, so it should have been blue. Mm-hmm. But this is my very first set of, of runes. And um, I made my first set out of out of red clay and carved them in there and baked them and learned how to make them, you know, learned them one at a time. Uh, my newest rune, my, my newer rune set, not the newest, but the newer rune set, uh, I found mm-hmm. this company called White Rhino, and they make... They carve uh, little circular faces out of bone. And mm-hmm. um, the guy agreed to sell me a, a rune set worth of them. And I carved the runes in the back of those and painted them blue instead oh. of red because water is mm. the color of light. Mm-hmm. So that's why they well, were supposed I, to I'm going to go, I'm go into a, a little bit more here about... Um, what we get from the runes. First of all, for those completely mm-hmm. unfamiliar with them, there there are um, originally the runes were an alphabetical system, and yep. they vary okay. uh, over time. There there are different names for them. Anglo-Saxon yep. names are different than the Scandinavian names, and people can nitpick and get all into it, you know, any as much as they want to. But basically, there are 24 runes and 24 mm-hmm. alphabets letters. Bloom had an extra blank tile. The reason was because those tiles were cut out of a piece of clay that cut a block 25, 5 by 5 to make 25, so they had a blank one left over. And he sort of took it as like, well, you know how playing card sets come with an extra joker in case you lose a card. You don't, you know what I mean. You, so you use that as an extra tile. And then he kind of came up with this thing about it as being this blank tile. And a lot of the Norse purists, especially knowing that Bloom was Jewish and they were anti-Semitic, really put the hate on him. Like, you should never have done that. But, you know, he did what he did with it. So most sets are 24. And But if you get the one with 25 and you lose a tile, hey, you know, just take a Sharpie marker and put the missing one on that blank tile. You've done good. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, you, there are so many ways to, to read them. And as, as Contraband said, one of the most common ways is a three- card cut. It's the old three card mm-hmm. cut with runes. Mm-hmm. Another way is what would be more of a sortilage method. You would either have a bag and the person who's the sitter reaches their hand in and they pick the three tiles. And there's another way that's kind of, of reading them which is based on the uh, Kuan Yin sticks or Qian Tung sticks of China where you have them all and you shake it until they jump. And the ones that jump out are the message ones. So that's another level and then do they land blank or with a picture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the rune up so there are so many ways of reading them anybody who tells you there's only one way is a fool because all of these no, ways anyway. of reading them have developed since Ralph Bloom he was the guy who yeah. first did it so prior yeah. to that there was the use of runes and if you want to read the book Trolldom 
by Johannes Gardbach. Um, it's about uh, Norse and Scandinavian folk magic of the last thousand years, especially the last 500 years. And when he came to visit us, I said, so do they read runes in, in Sweden? And he goes, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, I showed him all this stuff, and he goes, this is really weird. I, he didn't know anything about it, and he was from Sweden. He went back to Sweden, and he got in touch with me right away, and he goes, aha, I found a new age store. They carry the Wellen books. <laughs> and yes, you can read runes. But it was not something out of Swedish folklore. So that's yeah, kind of fascinating yeah, yeah. to me that um, then, of course, when the neo-Nazi neo-pagan, what do you call those people, neo-pagan Nazis or neo-Nazi pagans? Well, whatever, neo-Nazi neo-pagans, <laughs> oh, those people, they then just came on like gangbusters and said, it's ours, it's northern, it's Norse, it's, it's yeah. white no other players allowed. So one of the things I have to ask you, Angela, not to you know not to raise the ghosts of the past, but how do white people react to a black woman reading the runes? A lot of people that ask me to read the runes aren't really are colorblind. Mm-hmm. So I haven't I haven't come across somebody looking at me and going, oh, that's so weird, a white lady, a black lady reading the runes. Oh, my God. I've never heard that in my life. Oh, oh, good. Oh, that's really yeah. good. That shows that we've made some progress. I know that I got some kickback for being a Jewish lady reading the runes because they are the religion of Odin. How dare mm-hmm. you? I mean, you know, well, but I think is, people... This- Go ahead. This is what's so fascinating about the ruins, right? As you pointed out, like what Dr. Johannes's response to this is, is a perfect example that traditionally the ruins weren't a divinatory practice as far as we can tell. There's a variety of different divinatory practices that existed in Northern Europe, including a variety of sort of spirit travel, some folklore around lead and Black. There's all sorts of divination that might have existed. There's only one really minor reference in Tacitus that Urs talks about lots being cast with painted chips. So there isn't mm-hmm. a lot of evidence of the ruins. The ruins are, are a modern invention in, in which we say ruins as divination are a modern invention. But they speak mm-hmm. to the fact that divination doesn't need to be some ancient, mysterious practice, and that there's a lot of flexibility in cross-cultural exchange. This is the same thing with the tarot. Whenever people talk about the tarot as an ancient Egyptian secret mystery, I'm like, the tarot is early modern. They come from the playing card deck of, of the Mamluks and the, the Europeans. We don't have any evidence of this form of tarot divination happening any time before the 15th, 16th century or so. They're very right. modern in comparison. They're not, they're not ancient history, I'm sorry to tell you. But that's okay, right. because divination can be gained, divination can be modern, and divination can be, can be cross-cultural. I think Ralph Bloom here did something really interesting. Mm-hmm. He took the, uh, these older principles of swordlage, of where you cast lots, of card reading, and he combined them with the ruins, and they work perfectly well so that they aren't bound to any one particular racial group and they're certainly not bound to one particular only we can do the ruins and we know the secret mysteries of the ruins. Bullshit, right? There's a level of flexibility and good divination as a cultural practice is cross-cultural. It moves, it shifts. I mean, people, you'll note that both Kat here and Angela talked about Texas, and that's because Texas for a while was the hotbed of neo-pagan revivalism. 
It really Absolutely. Was the heathens Austin, of Texas. Yes. Oh, yeah. Austin, Texas. <laughs> that area was hardcore revivalist. And, of course, now we have Paganist, and it moved upwards, right? Uh, British mm-hmm. Columbia also, right? But it was originally Texas had a really big revival of it. And it speaks to the ability to kind of work in really dynamic ways around divination. The ruins themselves, there isn't a set way to read them. While the meanings are shared, right? Say who means mm-hmm. cattle and wealth, right? There is, uh, is that offensive protection. Rado is the journey. So there's some commonalities there. There's a deep personal component in how you could read the ruins. Again, I saw people, like you mentioned, they just shake up the bag and then they toss the ruins. Other people read more than three. They toss the entire bag onto a concrete mm-hmm. sheet and then they go, okay, I'm going to read how this lays out and the story that it tells. So there's a component of a, a coming to the ruins in your own way, developing a unique yeah. system in the same way that Ralph Bloom did. Yeah. Yeah, Let me just jump in for just one second. Um, another yep. thing, for people who are interested in learning this system in a very quick way, there's a book called Lithomancy, Divination and Spellcraft with Stones, Crystals, and Bones, which came out in 2018, and is by Reverend John St. Germain, who's, you know, the Voice of the Crystal Silence League. And he has a wonderful setup. If you want to learn the runes really quick and without diving, you know, full length into the pool of Norse folk magic, this book will give you an intro. If you like it, go get a book on runes. But this book has many systems of stone and coin and crystal divination in addition to runes. It's a survey. Okay, Mm. what were you going to say, Angela? I was going to say that... um now in my practice, I use runes as part of the magic because they also have magical meaning, not just, you know, divination meaning and not just uh, alphabetical meaning. So mm-hmm. I use them. And then you can also combine them like you'll write a word and you'll take out all the repeating uh, letters and put, blend those together. And that's your sigil. Mm-hmm. So mostly I don't read the runes much anymore I, as much as I use them in the magical spells that I do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, their use in, in spell work is much older than their use in divination. Yeah. And yeah. there's um, there, the carving of runes on a stick called a rune kaffel is very ancient. And yeah. that... It is a way of um, working with them. Using them in divination, although it's modern, has turned out to have really beneficial results because yep. the the different alphabetical letters have names that relate to different conditions and parts of nature. Just to give you an example, um, mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, there's a um, a rune. Uh, that is called Ingwas, and it's named for the earth god, Ingvi, or Freyr. And so Mm. it's about creativity and male fertility, because once you know that it's named after this god, you know what the god is uh, symbolized by, therefore the rune symbolizes that. Or, Mm -hmm. I'll give you another one, there's uh, uh, the one that's called Ice, or 
ISAS, or ISAS, depending on how you're going to pronounce it. It means mm-hmm. ice. That's why it's called ice. And it mm-hmm. means a frozen moment in time. It means that you're stuck in a situation you can't get out of, and it's slow. If you get out, you're going to slide on the ice. Now, the runes also have reversals because not all of them are bilaterally um, symmetrical. So some of them can be read in reverse. And the idea of reading runes by reverses definitely comes from playing not from tarot card reading, because playing cards don't have reverses unless you mark them. So this comes out of the reverses of the Golden Dawn method of tarot card. And again, not every rune has reverses, because some of them are the same. They're bilaterally symmetrical, and they'll read the same both ways. But if they have a reverse, it's very logical. It'll be like the reverse you would find in a a, a tarot card. For instance, one of them here, I'm just, um, you know, just, there's one called Uruz, and um, it is it means the aurochs, or wild cattle of Europe. And it's yeah. about health and vitality and physical stamina and all of the things that, you know, you would associate with a wild ox. And if it's reversed, um, it refers to um, your past and that something from your past is going to come back and there'll be mm-hmm. a change in your life because it's about stability and health then it becomes about change so these uh the, the it's very logical the way the system works it's not difficult mm-hmm. to learn for anybody who's interested in learning rune casting it can be used in conjunction with bone casting. You can take yeah. an entire rune set and put it into your 100 bone set. If you're one of those people who uses a very large bone set, like in the Sangoma system of bone reading, where there can be up to 100 pieces, or the system that um, uh, uh, Michelle Jackson advocates, for what she calls contemporary bone reading, again, there's up to 100 pieces, you can throw a whole rune set in there, especially if they're carved on bone, and they'll all work out in your reading very well if you know their special meanings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There is, as you rightly also pointed out, there's a really strong nature connection with the ruins mm-hmm. that you don't often see in some other forms of divination. There can be a sort of abstraction that happens with mm-hmm. div- some divination practices. Crystal reading is a prime example of this, despite having natural mm-hmm. components. Crystal ball reading can turn into something very abstract, right? Same thing with the tarot, mm-hmm. right? The tarot focuses very much on humans, but sometimes forgets the natural components, right? And when people forget to look at the roses and they're just looking at the figures. Whereas mm-hmm. there are whole ruins that are dedicated to animals and that's quite interesting so for for example Alrez which is the elk right so this is a horn some type of antlered animal and it refers to a type of protection work it's interesting this ruin in particular shows up in very ancient bind ruins for protection so we do find them quite in, in older Icelandic, Northern European magical practices. So there are a whole sort of animal connections, a hawaz, which is the horse, right? So there is a mm-hmm. real clear nature component. And the so ruins have a fascinating way of kind of bringing divination down to earth, <laughs> bringing divination really into the practical. It kind of moves away from the abstract. There's not a lot of, I would say, Jungian psychoanalysis that can come, kind of happen with the ruins. Instead, it's pretty straightforward. Um, so it's one of those divinations, like I would say geomancy, that has a very straightforward characteristic 
And there's some things mm-hmm. we talk about divination systems as having a personality. The ruined mm-hmm. personality, if you will, is very down to earth, very straightforward. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. That nature is very much a part yeah. of these, and it's um, it it is also again what tradition you choose to make of it. But many people who read runes prefer to do so in systems that in a system in a format that derives as much from bone reading as from card reading in other words reading runes on a table is not as copacetic as reading runes seated, seated on the yeah. ground and yeah, yeah. The, the, there are things about it that even though it is a modern system that call back to an ancestral system and yeah, i've yeah. seen uh, pagan um, rune readers who prefer to sit on the floor when they read the runes rather than at a yeah. table. Now, um, mm-hmm. we, well, that brings me to ask you, Angela, do you prefer to sit on the floor or read at a table? How do you read the runes? And what system do you use? Do you throw out, you throw them out? Do you pick them out? Do you, um, how do you do it? Uh, I do like to sit on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. I have a big circular blanket that kind of has lines that radiate out and mm-hmm. I shake them up and then I kind of and I and I kind of toss them and it spread like up in the air and mm-hmm. wherever they land if they're closer to me that's the past and the further away from me they are is the future mm. and so the you ones throw that the whole are set. down huh you throw the whole set yeah I throw the whole set and then when mm-hmm. those that are face down are red last Hmm. Wow. Um, so that's... So I'm gonna and, do, okay. Now, on this show, you're not going to be able to do that kind of a reading, obviously. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is what I was about to say. Um, usually, mm-hmm. if it's a quick pull, I will just pull three like I do mm-hmm. when I use my cards. Mm-hmm. Right. And, the, and uh, left is the past and right is the future. So mm-hmm. read them like a book. Right. So... Um, so when you say the past is near to you um, and then the future far away, and I'm writing mm-hmm. this down for the chat log. So, and then the ones that are upside down, you read last. The ones that are face down, I read last. Face down, yes, right. Okay, thank you so much for saying that. All right, well, there was our music. Boy, we could have gone oh. on at this at length, but we're going to do some rune readings <laughs> now. So let's let um, Clifford... Um, bring us to our first client. Certainly. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with your host, Catherine Ireland and Conjure Man, and this week's special guest, Angel Marie Horner, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure memories or mediation. Our call-in clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you've not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like to say hello and uh, let me, your announcer, Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our caller is Tara calling from area code 516. Tara, are you there? 
Yes. Uh, you indicated that you had not had readings in this situation before? No. Okay. All right, your situation, as you described on the website, I feel like I'm on an underwhelming cross-condition that I stumbled into, or someone, I have two suspects, has hexed or jinxed me. I've lost all energy and basically sit in a chair all day and neglect my health. Don't go outside unless I really have to. Don't take care of myself anymore. Don't do my chores or paperwork, which also results in money needlessly slipping away. My surroundings have become creepy to me, and my apartment is now very dark in the daytime. I've had a checkup with my doctor recently, and it was okay. I take antidepressants and have both uh, NP a prescriber and counselor. In my opinion, the way I feel is not from a physical or mental condition, because this is different and makes me feel as though my life is sinking in quicksand. All right, turning it over oh to you, Ms. Cat. All right. Wow. Um, well, first of all, Tara, I'm sorry to hear that. That sounds like a pretty... Um, bad set of circumstances, and I hope you'll be able to pull out of that as soon as possible. Now, the way our readings are set up is that I will do the first reading, Angela will do the second reading, and Conjurman will do the root work. And then for our second client, Conjurman will do a rune reading, Angela will do a rune reading, and I'll do the root work. Is that okay with uh, you, Conjurman? That's perfect. Okay, so you, you're prepared to do a rune reading. Great. So we're going to have we're going to have four rune readings here. All right. Well, I'm going to ask, even though it's not part of rune tradition, uh, Tara, what is your sign of the zodiac? Aries. Aries. Oh dear. It's very rare to find an Aries um, becoming so secluded and unwilling to meet the world. I'm sorry to hear that. That alone would indicate to me that there is some problem that's caused by a uh, an external force because Aries have the greatest vitality of any sign of the zodiac. All right. So, I'm going to um pick 3 runes here and see what I get. Okay? So, uh and and you all have to forgive me if my Scandinavian pronunciation falls flat. I'm not, I'm not much at <laughs> I'm not much at, at pronouncing ancient northern languages. All right. So uh, the first rune I have here for you is Dagaz. Okay? And Dagaz is related to the word tag or day. And it says that a new beginning approaches. But in this case what we're seeing is you're stuck. So I'm just telling you that, first of all, you won't be stuck forever because this card says things can change, they're about to change, a new day will dawn, and it's a good rune. It does not have a reverse. It's one of those that is symmetrical. And it really talks about clarity and finding the light, the the rising sun, and finding um, out what has been done. It is not a, a rune that says you're doomed. It's not dark in any way. So that's good news. That's very good news. Uh, the next um, rune I have is Ansu's. And this is um, relates to the Aesir or the gods, Norse gods. And it also is a rune that is about messages from 
above or from communication that would be given to you, advice. It means seek the help of an advisor. So this would be a feeling that you should get some consultation, some further root work. Somebody is going to be able to help you. And it's um, it really does mean you, you can find a friend, but probably you'll want an advisor. And it is not reversed. It is upright. If it were reversed, it would mean that you're, the advice you're given is bad. But in this case, you will be getting good advice. So really, it sort of says, seek deeper knowledge here. Get someone, if you want the names of those people who you suspect, you should be um, getting some more um, getting some more help. Okay. The third, okay. the third uh, rune that I have is I was. Now I was is the same as the word you, like a yew tree, and so it is um, about protection. Everything is steady and sturdy, like a yew tree, but in this case, it's reversed. And when it's reversed, it brings the overthrow of the yew tree, and that is confusion, dissatisfaction, and deception. So uh, the way I read these three things is that you may have been cursed or jinxed or hexed by someone, but I'm really seeing a little bit that you need to get more advice on this topic. I do not see a demonic spirit. I do not see a curse in these runes. But I do see um, a thing that tells me you can do better, you can get better, if you get some good advice, if you have a counselor or a helper, and that you are right now in a position of weakness and being overthrown. And that is what really needs to be worked on. In other words, if I was to say this in in playing card or tarot card language, I see no curse here. What I see is um, some kind of a weakness. Now, what that weakness may be, I'm going to pull one more rune, okay? Because I'm trying to figure out what is the thing that is causing these bad feelings. It's not enough to say there's no curse. Um, it says you know, I need to find out what is actually causing your distress. So that um, last one I have here is called Cowan or Conan. Different people pronounce it. I was taught to call it Ken. There's different names for it. And this is represents a torch and um, or a light but that's contained like a fire that's a torch. And it's reversed also. And this says there is not enough information. This means that the light of knowledge has been, not only has the yew tree of strength and vitality been overturned, but the light of knowledge, the torch of wisdom, has been overturned. So that, coupled with that advisor and the idea that daytime daylight will come, says to me that the reading I'm doing is not going to be the be-all and end-all. And it's saying, again, no curse, but there's some knowledge here that's missing. That, that needs to be um, found out. Okay? So okay. that's my reading for it. Let's um, turn this over to Angela and see what she has to say. Thank you. 
Hmm. Hello. Okay. So the first rune I have is Odal. And Odal is it's the inborn qualities. It's the tangible possessions. So in you were, you know, you, you feel like you were cursed by somebody. Maybe somebody put the evil eye on you. Um, but this is a, this is one that says something physical happened that has done this. Maybe you have a change in chemistry. Maybe you need to get your, your med. Um, the next rune that I have is Langa. And that one means movement under the surface. It, it's an unseen progress that is still kind of moving. That you're, you know, you're not seeing the things that are actually happening. It's happening. It's moving underneath the surface of all of this that's going on with you. And then the last rune I have is Wunjo inverted. So the wunjo inverted means needless sacrifice. So you're kind of, you're sitting yourself in one place. You have plunked yourself down in one place and not wanting to move or go anywhere or do anything. And that's also signs of depression. So you are taking antidepressants and you're not feeling like they're working. Maybe you should talk to your doctor about getting that fixed. But yeah, I, did I don't talk to her. her you what? I did talk to her. Okay, good. So then I think the root work that is going to be handed to you next will be your solution. You should definitely get a, a reading reading on it, you know, like sit down with somebody, get a 30-minute reading, dig through it, find out what the heck is going on, and attack it from that point of view. And I believe that the root work and the path, you need, a, you need a set path. And one of the best things is you have Dagos in your first reading, which does mean sunlight. Get up, mm-hmm. whether you want to or not, get out in the sun and just stand there with your eyes closed and face the sun. The sun is the best cleanser. The ocean is the best cleanser that anyone could ever have. Mm-hmm. And so All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we've concluded by two readings is that you are not cursed, even though you do have these two suspects. It's not a curse. And some of the things that um, that Angela saw point to inheritances, and um, that can mean uh, genetic situations, or it can mean a family condition that is not biological. In other words, something having to do with what you've inherited. But very often, when old systems of reading refer to inheritances, I tend to look at genetic traits. And if there are other people in your family who have depression, you might be looking at something that's biological. And I think that's what Angela was getting at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, let's turn this over to Conjurman. And he's going to give you some root work advice. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think you've gotten some really good readings here that will guide you in regards to what you need to, to do. Um, I'm going to give you some root work. It's not okay. one thing, but actually several things that I think you need to do that will help turn this around. Because this is not a situation in which 
you can light a candle and expect things to get better. This is much more of a life adjustment that will be required. Uh, the first thing that I, I, you need to do is, is clean your house. This is really, really crucial. It's not just a, a matter of cleanliness or hygiene. It is fundamentally a, a spiritual matter. Clutter in the house can be an indication, not always. There's plenty of examples of clutter being okay, uh, what we call a comforting clutter. But there's other instances in which clutter and mess can be indications of something spiritual, of blockages, things that are holding you back. This is actually a perfect time for it. Venus is transiting um, through Capricorn or will be. It's, it's going to retrograde in a little bit, so start doing this now. There's a lot of negative uh, associations tied to this transit, but traditionally, particularly in the medieval Islamic tradition as well as in the Hellenistic tradition, this was associated with longevity, uh, reassessing the value. In fact, Venus and Capricorn usually had a marriage connection was found in it. One of the oldest ways of determining marriage in a natal chart was by examining the lot of marriage, which involved Venus and Saturn, which is the ruler of Capricorn. So Venus and Capricorn is a really good time to reassess the things in your life that matter, and particularly with a mind towards longevity. What you establish during this transit is something that you will carry with you. So start to build healthy habits. Clean your house. Cleanse it. Then get yourself some Jinx Killer and Run Devil Run incense. Run Devil Run works particularly well to uplift the mood and to remove any spiritual cobwebs, but also drive away any negative spirits that might be lingering around. Add a little bit of lemongrass to this incense mix and burn it in your house, smoking from back to front, driving away anything that might be hiding in the corners and in the dark. You should feel as the incense is wafting through your house and out of your door, you should feel an uplifting. You should see the house almost feel lighter, less dark than you imagine it. I highly recommend you also get Chinese floor wash and wash your windows with it. So dissolve a little bit of Chinese floor wash into some warm water. It's a nice concentrate. And then wash your windows with it. The windows are what determine what comes into the house and what doesn't. If your house is feeling darker, if it feels like there's less light with one, we are in a period where the dark increases. But if you genuinely feel that it is darker, then you wash those windows down. Now, get to yourself a small bowl. Um, get some Althea leaves. Place it into the bowl and place it in near your window. So if you have a windowsill of some sort, place it there. Althea will draw in positive helpers in your life, healing people and healing spirits who will come and bring good things into your life. This may be the counselor that Ms. Kat said. They can be drawn in with the Althea. I would recommend also getting some type of live plant that you will place next to this Althea. Care for this plant. Uh, make sure that it is alive and remains alive. Don't let this plant die. Look up how to properly take care of plants. If you don't have a green thumb, this is the time to learn how to take care of a plant. The more attention you pay to this plant that's going to be right next to your althea, the more life that you give to it, the more that you ensure that it remains alive, the more that you can take care of it, the more you'll be taking care of yourself. Often when we're mm -hmm. in these moments of deep spiritual funk, taking care of something other than yourself can be uplifting to the self. So go and do this. Take care of a living thing other than yourself. I also recommend that you start placing a cup of water next to your bed while you are sleeping to filter out any of the negative, to filter out the dark, dispose of the water 
off of your property every day. So don't drink this water. This is just as a filtering tactic. And then finally, the final thing that I recommend is a regular uh, practice of lighting white candles. On Sunday, I want you to get some Van Van oil and sun oil. This goes to the ruins that were seen in your readings by Angela and Miss Cat. Uh, but also, both of these have very powerful, uplifting, uh, energetic qualities to it. Van Van, I mean, any time I feel kind of funky, just smell, smelling Van Van lifts me and turns things around. It is a very empowering oil that can really turn bad into good. It's got an oil, a very alchemical quality to it. And the same thing with sun oil. The sun is the traditional planet of healing, uh, particularly deep spiritual soulful healing, but is also the traditional planet of alchemy, the ability to transform lead into gold. So you're going to mix sun oil and van van oil, anoint a white candle, and every Sunday you will light this candle and pray for healing. I recommend Psalm 16, which is very, very good at driving away negativity and healing the body. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. It's a very powerful psalm. So by light of this candle, recite this psalm three times and do this every Sunday. What this will do is it will start to build a practice in your life where you're lighting that candle every Sunday. You're replacing that water daily. Every time, you're every week, you're taking care of that plant. You build the practice of regularly cleansing your house, and that will start to turn things around. You need enduring lifestyle spiritual changes in order to address what you're going through. You may not be cursed, but you're certainly living under some sort of jinx, if you will, a combination of spiritual conditions and emotional, psychic, and psychological conditions that are working together to make you feel the way that you are. You can, of course, self-jinx. And so this is why you need a regiment of healing to draw in both practical healers, psychologists, and therapists who can give you the healing that you require, but also a spiritual discipline that will start to bring light and healing into your life. Let's see if Angela or Miss Cat have anything further to add. Well, I I would add that you might want to get an astrological reading, which will be a little more in depth and will give you more of a a yeah. forecast of how long this will last and possibly what caused it. But since it, we don't think it was a curse, how about you, Angela? Okay. What do you think? Yeah, that does sound like a good idea. Um, and if you're close to the ocean, the ocean is a good, you know, go to the ocean in the middle of the day. That's a, that's a good, you know, way to cleanse yourself, too. And, you know, self-jinxing is sadly a very easy thing to do. You get yourself yeah. in that negative self-talk mindset, and it's just almost impossible to get out of. But it's doable. Yeah. You can get more of it. Yeah. All right. I have one more thing to add, which was that Black Juno in the chat uh, mentioned that if you do work with Catholic saints, St. Dymphna is the saint of mental stress and, and depression, and St. Dymphna helps many, and you might look into St. Dymphna even if you're not a Catholic. Wonderful helper. Mm-hmm. All right. Next will be our second client. Mm-hmm. Program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's next client. The next client is Mystic Love and Three two area code. Mystic Love, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Fantastic. Uh, you indicated that you had uh, no readings on this before. No, um, I haven't had a reading in a while. Um, I had been going through uh, some issues when I moved to Texas, uh, so I had kind of been like away from everybody and everything. Um, so lately it's just seemed like when I hear good news, some bad news come around. It's like when something good happens, then all of a sudden I, if I'm getting my hopes up too high, then something bad happens. And, um, mm. I had been. I hear you. Well, Mr. Love, we're going to have, we're going to have, um, our announcer read your question and then we're going to get you some answers to this. So uh, go ahead and read this, uh, Clifford. All right, sure. Um, she said, I feel lost and depressed, a heavy spirit of gloom and failure. I need a sense of direction about my income and future and got approved for disability, but only a partial favorable, which I didn't agree with, and I haven't heard anything since. I've always seen myself as a successful business owner, but I don't seem to know how to manage any more. My lights are off, and I feel like I'm barely making it. I'm trying to figure out what to do to break free from the gloom and what should be done next. All right. Well, Mystic Love, what's interesting is now we've had two readings for people who are under a heavy cloud. So when we see this, when the reading clients show up with the same type of situation, uh, we take note of it. We don't know what it means, but we're seeing it, and we see you, and we see what, what's happening with you. Um, the person who's going to do the first reading with you will be Conjurman. But before um, he, I bring him on to do the reading, let me ask you, do you know what your sign of the zodiac is? Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Now, that's interesting because our first person who was under a cloud was an Aries, and that's a fire sign. And here we have a Sagittarius under a cloud, another fire sign. So I'm going to turn this over to Conjure Man, and he's going to do a rune reading for you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Kat. I, I'm going to do this. I have not done a, uh, a rune reading in, in quite some time, so this is going to be uh, interesting. But I've done a sort of three-card cut, if you will. I've, I've shaken up my the very first ruin set that I got, I still have uh, back when I was a teen. It's in a, in a woven little bag, and I shake it up. I've shaken it up and pulled three ruins out of it. And the very first ruin is Berkhan, which is the, sort of looks like a bee, a pointy bee, if you will. And it represents birch. It represents birth. It represents rebirth. This speaks to the need to reconnect to nature. Um, this is the desire to connect to the natural world. And this very much is within the theme of the ruins themselves. They are a very nature-oriented divinatory practice. So 
just as in the case of the first client, there's a sort of disconnect that has happened here, a disconnect from those places that we draw strength from, where we draw life from. While we might associate this traditionally with Taurus as, a, you know, the connecting to nature, it is also important for Sagittarius to experience the light. Sagittarius is a fire sign. It is a fire sign that is governed by Jupiter, which is an expansive planet. So the ability to expand, the ability to experience life, the experience, the ability to experience nature are all are going to be crucial to you. So part of the root work, and, and, and Kat will be able to give you some of this when she does her root work recommendation, should be involved getting you reconnected to nature in some way, shape, or form, whether that's being able to see the sunlight, being able to be outdoors, being able to reckon, be in the natural world. It's going to be crucial to you. It's also important for you to find feminine power to really draw from. So Queen Elizabeth root is going to be useful for you. This is that this particular ruin has a very strong connection with birth. Some people have pointed out that you can, uh, if you turn it so that it's pointing, uh, the, the tips are pointing upwards, that it looks like a breast. But if you were looking at it as a bee, it actually, in many ways, looks like a pregnant woman. And so there is a connection here with the ability, with fertility, with, with reproduction, with the feminine power. Reconnecting to those components are very crucial for you, spiritually speaking. So Queen Elizabeth Root can be useful here. Uh, we do see um, that that uh, fehu, which is the symbol of wealth, shows up in, in a reversed fashion. So it's upside down. And I do read the ruins upside down. And that speaks to your condition, that you are in a place of scarcity, that wealth is not flowing for you. The key to any Sagittarius' success is the ability to flow, the ability to expand. If you were thinking of money as accumulation, it's not going to work that way. But if you can think of money as flowing both into your life and out of your life, then you'll start to see it grow in abundance for you. So any type of magical work that involves drawing money and allowing money to flow naturally is going to be crucial here. You're in a, in a sort of what we would call a spiritual state of scarcity. This is not necessarily a curse. This is not necessarily something evil that is has done to you. But this similarly uh, a sort of crossed condition of sorts in which your natural ability to experience health, wealth, and happiness is being hampered by the conditions that you're living in. This may require some type of physical change, and I know you're in a difficult position, but you might start planning towards some type of move in the future. Not in the immediate future, but maybe a year down the line. A physical shift, basically literally turning that Fehu symbol right side up, allowing it to flow, allowing abundance to return back into your life, because that's going to be the crucial way in which things move for you. And then the final ruin that we see here is Gibo, and Gibo is the gift. The gift is an indication of assistance that will come through unity, that will come through partnership. Someone ha is going to have to step into your life as an outside source and be an ally. So part of your root work, part of your magical work should be about identifying who this person is, this ally is, and drawing them into your life. This is a champion who will step forward and bring the gift of friendship 
alliance and kindness into your life. And through their presence and through the union and friendship between the two of you, you will find your life flowing once more. So there is good news here that things can turn around for you, but it is going to take a little bit of time. I see this as a process of several months, upwards of maybe six months, before you start to see things turn around. I probably around April is when I see things really start to head in the right direction. So here are the things that the ruins basically indicate. One, reconnecting to nature, reconnecting to the, the natural world, to the feminine empowerment, finding some way to connect to that, connect to that form of healing, the ability to shift and change your present circumstances away from scarcity, to allow money, wealth, and abundance to flow again, and to find the ally and champion who will step into your life and will be crucial and pivotal to turning things around. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Angela, and then Ms. Kat is going to do your work recommendation. Okay, thank you. Hello, Ms. Vic. Okay, so the first rune that I have for you is Tiwas. And Tiwas is speaking to the unbiased wisdom and justice, law and order. So this is speaking to your um, disability case, and that was in the past. So, yeah, you didn't get what you were looking for. You can always um, you can always dispute it, but I would leave it because when you dispute it, they take another look, and sometimes things can be worse. So if you're looking at disputing it, just drop it, leave it go, take it as it is. Uh, the second one I have for you is JIRA. And JIRA is, it means like the sowing of seeds, the sowing of plants. It takes time. It's a cycle. It's a repeating cycle sometimes, but you cannot reap your rewards until you've sown and waited your time. So, you know, he did bring up a lot of, you know, this is going to take time, it's going to take time. So not rushing it not feeling like you're running in circles, you know, with your head cut off, not spinning, not knowing what you're doing, just stop and breathe and let the process happen. Um, that doesn't mean sit down and wait for it to come to you because it's not going to. Just continue sowing your seeds, continue working through your issues, and you will reap the reward at the end of, your, at the, end of the cycle of what's happening to you. The, the next one I have for you is Odal, and so we had that one before, which is inborn qualities and tangible possessions, things like that. So in this case, the inborn qualities is your, your inner voice saying, girl, you got this. We can do this. Just be patient. We can do this. Listen to yourself. You're not wrong. One thing I tell people all the time is if your instincts are telling you something, listen to them because you're not wrong. Follow your instincts. Don't follow your heart because your heart will lead you wrong. <laughs> follow your um. instincts. You know, your, your heart will lead you to that thing you love the most, which may be chocolate and it's terrible for you. Follow <laughs> your instincts. Your instincts are telling you, we can do this, we got this, we need to do this over here, but it's going to take a minute. Listen to yourself. You are your best friend. You're your worst enemy when you don't listen to yourself. But you are your best friend. So Odal is telling you that that ingrained, that, that ingrained um, 
sense you have. I mean, I have a Sagittarius child, and she is very wise for a child, extremely wise. All you Sagittarians have that ability. You're very wise, and if you listen to yourself, you will not go wrong. So your lights are out right now. They won't be tomorrow because you got this, and Odal is reminding you you got this. So I'll leave All you right. to Kat. <laughs> All right. Well, th- it's interesting that the same um, rune came out in two of the readings, too, about mm-hmm. inborn qualities. So, um, and I interpret that as ancestral help also can be had. Mm-hmm. So just saying that's how I see it. Your inborn qualities can be biological, they can be genetic, and it can be the spirits of ancestors is how I have always read that rune. All right. Well, uh, one of the things that Conjurman said, and he got that um, bark, that uh, birch tree, and he talked about springtime and that things are going to turn. A, a gift comes uh, from the universe or from a friend, and there's a... a there's a a lot going on here that says to me, although you may feel worn down and very disappointed because that disability claim did not come through, I think you should let that go and start building again. Now, we're all coming into the darkness time of the year, and it's been hard, and this has been a very hard year for everybody financially and emotionally, and it's just been a, a very bad year. And that came on top of another very bad year. So we've had two years of, of really down-pressing sadness and, and difficulty. I'm going to recommend for you some of the same things that Conjurman recommended for our first caller. A little bit different, perhaps, but I'm going to start with the same idea. You're going to clean your house. So I'm going to say that... Um, Clean your house can be accomplished in stages. One is picking things up and sweeping the floor. You can also use um, Chinese wash and uh, put a little bit of it into a bowl of water and at least do all of the woodwork around the door frames and the windows. You know, they get sticky and dirty after a while. Just clean that all off. And um, clean your uh, bathtub, clean your sinks, and uh, clean your uh, toilet. Bowl. I know that just sounds like whatever, but um, I, I, I mean it. You want to clean everything out, and Chinese wash is the best. It, there's nothing quite like it. If you don't have Chinese wash, you can take Van Van oil and water, or you can take um, lemongrass. But people in um, Jamaica used to usually take lemongrass and boil it up in water and make a tea. But um, Chinese wash has got all of that plus more. <clears throat> Clean your house from back to front and throw the water off your premises. Some people can't do that. They'll flush it down the toilet. And I say, well, at least run another bowl full of clear water after it to get it out of your pipes (laughs) because you don't want that stuff on your premises. Um, If you, like me, have a septic system, you really don't want to flush it down your toilet because it ends up in your back orchard and you want to get it off your premises. So better to take the water and carry it out to the street and throw it down in the gutter where it'll be washed down to the ocean eventually. So that's um, some of the ways to clean. And while you clean, uh, um, Contraband gave a a recipe using Althea and some uh, oils and a candle, uh, 
light and some things like that, I'm going to give a little different recipe. Another way to clean and, and to get your power back is to take rosemary. Now, if you have rosemary plants, you want to clip little pieces of rosemary. If you only have the rosemary from the grocery store that's dried, that's just as fine. Or if you have rosemary from a hoodoo shop, that's fine. You're going to put that rosemary and a, a bunch of it into a little saucers or bowls of water. And as you clean each room, you're going to put that rosemary in that water and let it sit there. And then you're going to go to the next room. And in each room, you're going to light a very small candle as you finish cleaning that room. So this can take a while. If you have six rooms, eight rooms, ten rooms, you've got a little bit of cleaning to do. You don't have to do it all in one day. Those rosemaries will stay in that water good for three days. So you can take up to three days to clean your house. And when you have it all done, you're going to um, those candles that you lit, you can put Van Van oil on them and pray for cleanliness and sealing that room. Then, and say the 23rd Psalm. Then when you go back, you're going to collect all of those saucers that had the water with the rosemary. You're going to strain the rosemary out and just scatter it around your yard. Or if you live in an apartment, you just go out to the front of the apartment building and scatter it out there. And if it's all concrete and nothing doing, there might be a parking strip. And if there isn't a parking strip, walk to the next place where there's greenery. You don't want to be throwing those rosemaries on concrete. You want to throw it into the nature. And then you have the water that's left over. You collect all that water together. That rosemary water is used to bring power to yourself in your home. And you're going to... um, be sprinkle that rosemary around your front door, uh, use it to um, wipe down your um, counters, use it in your uh, bath. That rosemary water will not keep forever. It's just water with rosemary essence in it. But you want to, you know that it came from the sanctification of each room of your house. And that rosemary water will last in your refrigerator. And you can use that anytime you clean your house. I like to make that rosemary water. It is for the power of women. It is definitely for the power of women. And I've known people to take the rosemary water because we're all so modern, and they will freeze it in a freezer and then just defrost a, a cube when they need it. So I want you, when you said you're really down on your luck, you need to get some friends. It says one of the um, runes was a gift comes from the universe. I think you need to look out around you and connect with people and so you can get, um, Angela L. just took the words right out of my mouth, you can get free supplies from the Air Pro Bono Fund. And all it takes is to apply. And there are two women who are in charge of the Pro Bono Fund sending free hoodoo supplies. One is Miss Michael, and the other is um, Lady Muse. And you can contact them both at the Air site. And each one of them will assess your thing. They have what they call the pro bono closet. It's filled with, it's like a food bank, but it's hoodoo supplies. They'll get you the supplies you need, and um, you can apply. Uh, Nagashiva just put the URL in, readersandrootworkers.org slash wiki slash pro underscore bono underscore fund, pro bono fund. And there's a form you can fill out right there to apply for pro bono, and you'll get free spiritual supplies sent to you, no cost. Okay? Um, And, you know, we we are here to help. We're not just, you know, here to talk. We also do the thing. (laughs) 
So, and I would love to see some stuff sent to you and get you some help. We can also, uh, you can also possibly have a candle lit by the pro bono fund on someone's altar for your help. Okay. Well, I hope we were able to help you some, and um, and we're going to have more help for you in the future. All right. Now we come to the most electronic form of spiritual refreshment, the Refreshing Network Schedule Announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Angela Marie Horner of, of Lotus Raven Massage on Facebook. Take it away, Angela. Howdy. So for our free spell, I would like to caution you first. No form of magic can just be done without research. Make sure you research the runes before you use them um, and study them a bit so you at least have some kind of uh, knowledge behind what you're doing. So this one is a general protection spell, and it is going to be an amulet spell. So you're going to take a square bit of parchment or a small prayer paper and put the world tree rune in each corner, you know, in each of the four corners. You're going to write your name seven times in the center, and then you're going to draw the rune Wunjo at the top and the bottom, above and below, your name, and then the rune Jira to the left and the right. You're going to anoint the runes with protection oil, and then you're going to fold the paper towards you, making it very small. You're going to make a small little square out of it, and then you're going to place this paper into a silver or a gold locket, and you're going to wear it around your neck. You're going to pray over your locket every Sunday, and then you're going to remake your locket after one year and a day. Now, the World Tree Rune is a power rune, and not all of the books will show you what the power runes are. So my book, uh, North Magic by DJ Conway, has the power runes, the extra runes in it that are used in spell work specifically. And, you know, Jira is a year. It's the sowing of seeds. And Wunjo is... The is the is the process, you know. Runjo is the work, is the process, and so you're going to have this spell work for you, sowing the seeds of protection for a year. And the the Runjo is security and comfort and happiness and a good social life. So these are these are for protection, and the gold 
or silver. Gold is a is a metal that the Asir gods like. And uh, what did that say? I guess the World Tree Rune is not no World Tree Rune is not Wunjo. The World Tree Rune is a combination of East, which is the one that's a straight line, and Gibu, which is the one that's an X. And you're going to draw the straight line first and then the X over the top quarter of it. And that's how you make the world tree rune. This tree, the world tree negates all negativity. It negates all evil. And that's why I would put it in a protection spell. Because it will negate spells that are thrown at you. It will negate, it'll help to negate the negative self-talk that we have as long as you're wearing it. Uh, silver is for the moon. And many of us women, or all of us women, even if we are at heart women, are guided by the moon because the moon makes our oceans ebb and flow, our periods ebb and flow, and our spirit ebbs and flows. So that is why I would suggest silver or gold, either one. And I would not use fake silver, I would not use white metal, I would not use fake gold, I would use real. Because these are these are going to be the strongest for your for your uh amulet. If you'd have no other choice then that's what you use. Um if you want to turn it uh Christian, then on Sundays it would still be Sunday, you would pray Psalms twenty five, Psalms thirty five, Psalms 105, Psalms 101, whichever psalm, whichever psalm of those speaks to you the most of protection and guidance. Um, this is, this, yeah, I'm reading the, the chat, uh, <laughs> distracting me. So I, I yeah, have a that question, is, Angela, because you got us yeah. off here on a on a crooked start. The world Uh-oh. tree rune, what you're telling me is this a combination of two runes. Yes, it's a it's a greater rune that's a combination of two runes. It, so um, let, me, it, let me just, let me just well, let me, hold on, let me just get here. Some people call okay. these bind runes or runic sigils because it's yes. made up of runes bound together. Not that the runes bind people, but that they are bound together. So the world Correct. tree rune is made up of gebo, which looks or otherwise known as gifu, which means a gift. And right. what is the other thing that it's, uh, that's east, in it? East or Isa, ice, the straight line. Ice, Isa, okay. Is it just I a got straight it. Now I understand a, it. Okay. Is this just a straight well, line? Yeah, gifu, a gifu, gifu or gebu, depending on what language you're speaking, it looks like an X. And Isa or Isas looks like an I. So this mm-hmm. this world tree ruin is actually also an alternative for Halagad. So the H ruin also is sometimes in the older is just a straight line with an X through it. The same mm-hmm. uh-huh. I can see that, but I would recommend the world tree because it is it is the it is listed as the rune that completely negates negative meanings of the runes. It negates negativity in your life. Um, it is the North name, world tree, color green, uh, magical meaning, protection through magical workings, cosmic guidance in everyday life overpowers all negative runes. Okay. Got it. Mm. 
All right. Now, it, there's a whole thing else that's going on here with these runic symbols. And uh, Norse runes have been collected, especially in Iceland. It, these mm-hmm. combinations in which the runes are put together to make little symbols. We've sold them through Lucky Mojo for years, carved on bone. And um, yeah. they they don't all have names, but they are used no. in magic where you will take a piece, you know, portions of certain runes, and you could almost read them as letters if you knew the runic alphabet, but they also are used because they make pictures. And so if you're interested in those, um, our little neo-Nazi friend did a book on them, but um, <laughs> but they're called Galdrbok uh, runes. Yeah. Galdr means to cast a spell, and bok means a book, so they are spell-casting book runes. And um, people call them in America. They call them Galder books, but they're not really yeah. books. They are. They come from a book called the Galder book. Yeah, the oldest mm-hmm. of it is known as the Helm of Awe, which is the oldest bind ruin. Yes, yes, the Helm of Awe. There's a bunch of them, and um, check them out. They're really wonderful. Those go with rune magic more than rune divination. All right, well, there's our music. So let's get um, Clifford in here, and he's going to give us our announcements, and we'll all come back. I'll maybe say a few extra words, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man. Thank you, Angela Marie Horner of Lotus Raven Massage on Facebook, our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us the topic of emotional spiritual transformation. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Bye. All right. Thank you, Clifford Lowe. And thank you, um, Angela, and thank you, uh, Conjurman. Um, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's always nice to have you here. So um, next week we've got a, another show lined up, and I want you also to take a little time in between. Check out the, what's going on at the Lucky Mojo Forum. I mentioned last time we're making a thread for every product that Lucky Mojo makes. We're also making threads for every radio show in the archives. We're working on them. They're being upgraded, and uh, the links are being tested and in some cases fixed. (laughs) So all of our radio shows are available through the Lucky Mojo Forum. And um, there are hundreds, actually thousands of old shows that you can enjoy by just checking them out. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, all. Bye-bye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.